Soy, the final frontier. I'm Comrade Britain. And I am Nova Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Chandler Bing, our ongoing mission. To explore new Star Trek episodes, both cringe and based, and to boldly go... To the finale of season four! Story Trek the podcast is here! Story Trek! One half vegan, one half queer! 100% coming in! Hail Marks! Unless we have a less leftist guest! Patrick and Brandon! Talking, joking, farting, and shitting all about Star Trek. Like our buttholes, this show is Rex. Soy Trek, the podcast is here. So listen to Soy Trek right in your And we're going to heaven, baby. Yeah, we're going to heaven no matter what we do. We still pray to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, every single day. However, we will go to heaven regardless if we praise the Dark Lord Baphomet or not. Yeah, we can commit any norm, any number of crimes. We can, we can, uh, like any sort of like more, any sort of like moral, um, mm-hmm. any sort of like you know foul things that could possibly be banned in the Bible, mm-hmm. and just by just like society in general, you can do that, and you still get to heaven if you're a dog, yeah, Ten- or a werewolf. Ten Commandments, <laughs> more like Ten Demandments, because mm-hmm. it's God demanding unreasonable things of us. Yeah, you know, absolutely. What's Where, your what's to, your least favorite commandment? Um, for commandments, you know, I'm kind of okay with it. It's like the other little stuff, though. It's like mm-hmm. not wearing mixed fabrics. Oh, come on! We're all going to hell. I'm I'm wearing a mixed fabric suit right now. Yeah, you are. That's right. It's not a hundred percent wool, as you may have thought. <laughs> yeah. It's not a hundred percent wool. That is not a hundred. It's a mixed fabric. Yep. And because of it. I ain't going to see my dogs in heaven. Yeah, that pisses God off just as much as... Unless that. I change my name to dog, Unless just to be clear. Unless change your name to dog, yeah. Yeah. Britain Dog. My name's Britain Dog. Dog. Comrade Britain Dog. <laughs> I feel like everyone with the name Dog can't have a regular voice. Dog no. the Bounty Hunter, he's like, and you know, Snoop Dogg's got the, hey, Diesel Nizzle kind of thing. Yeah, it's true. Um, like... You know, everyone with the name Dog and Nate Dog, he can only sing or could mm. only sing until he yeah. died. Yeah, he was only allowed to be on choruses of songs. That's true. It was his own purgatory, mm-hmm. musical purgatory. Yeah, musical purgatory. Yeah, he oh. could only do like the uh, do like the auto tune type singing. Yeah, the auto tune type singing, yeah. indeed. <laughs> I don't think he. No, I don't think he used auto tune. Oh, yeah, probably not. Nate, Nate Dog was very talented. Yeah, he had a good voice, my friend. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He was like the good male chorus on any rap song. That's true. Yeah, and yeah he had a good career. I I, yeah. I would have loved to have that sort of career where all I do is just like just sing on feature. Yeah, yeah just sing on a, just sing like one line on someone else's song, and then I get paid. And, yeah, that is nice. Yeah. yeah, 
I mean, but that's kind of like what a studio musician does, except he still gets like a featuring. So yeah. that's some performance credit. So that's that's, that's a lot of money in royalties. Yeah, but yeah, he doesn't have to play any instruments or anything. I mean, he mm-hmm. probably does play instruments mm-hmm. or did. So like, um, but yeah, all you have to do is go in and sing and mm-hmm. just get a paycheck, go home, spend yeah. the rest of the day just like, you know. Eating some good food. Being a dog. Being a dog. Hanging out in his, uh, his <coughs> dog den. Waiting to go to heaven. Waiting to go to heaven. <laughs> aren't, aren't we all really just kind of, in a way, waiting to go to heaven? Yeah, in a way. Isn't that what life is? Yeah, we're dying every, every day. Waiting on heaven sounds like a very, like, bad indie movie. Yeah, or like, yeah, or like uh, some sort of, like, Christian-type propaganda TV show. Oh, absolutely. Waiting for heaven. Yeah. What what are what are you waiting for in heaven? What do you think is going to be the coolest thing there? They're pinball machines. Well, I have to change my name to Dog if I were to go there. Well, I already call you Pat Dog. That's true. Yeah. P Dog. P Dog. <laughs> P Dog coming at you. <laughs> they call me P Dog down to the pound. <laughs> and we are also Wolfmen. Wolfmen go to heaven. Wolfmen. All Wolfmen go to heaven. Oh, they're yeah. dogs. I mean, they're like a mixed breed dog. But yeah. So yeah, I guess they. I, I guess, yeah. I guess that does extend to even coyotes and mm-hmm. uh, wolves. Right. So werewolves, coyotes, wolves, dogs, mm-hmm. you know, all of the all of the things that maybe foxes. I'm not sure exactly if they're do, dogs or not. But do werewolves only go to heaven like once a month, like mm. per moon cycle? Oh, I, oh, I see. Yeah. So like they they're they're in hell the rest of the time. But right. On, on right. The, under the light of the full moon, they get to go to heaven. I, wouldn't that be the worst? Yeah, I, I think I'd rather just be in hell full time because mm. like that that one day of every month I'd be like looking forward to it and like begging and it'd drive me insane like every hour creeping by until I got to go to heaven yeah, and plus, have some respite. Plus it's kind of like it would it would kind of be like um, the mind prison that um, Miles was in. Where it, it, oh yeah the 20 year mind <clears throat> prison in a hard time yeah because like i'm sure like any sort of amount of time left and spit in hell it just feels like thousands of years yeah um, one of my favorite things about that episode is uh after they release him from the 20 years of mind prison mm-hmm. they're like he was sentenced to 15 yeah and they don't, don't explain why they gave him <laughs> extra time in his mind prison it's fucking awful probably because he killed his roommate yeah but it's a it was a figment of his imagination yeah it was in his mind prison Maybe he felt so guilty that he gave himself that time. Can, can you get convicted of, like, killing a mind prison corrections officer? It's not yeah. a real person. Yeah. You know? It's true. Right. What do you think about. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, they probably just, like, had to watch him jerk off a lot in mind prison if they were mm-hmm. monitoring him. Yeah, I'm not sure if they even monitor him, because I think it's just, like, it's, like, something that happened, because it happened in a, in, a, in, a, in a blink of an instance, so they right. probably had no idea what was even happening. Just oh, like, that's true. So they couldn't give him extra time. Maybe they just let the machine run too long. Yeah. They, like, <laughs> took a coffee break, and they came back, and they're like, oh, shit, he's been on for an extra five years in mine prison. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that kind of sucks, huh? Yeah, and even and also that extra five years is probably just, like, a fraction of a second, so they are probably just, like, it took, <clears throat> like, they, uh, they were playing, like, a playing in the middle of playing like their version of solitaire on their computer right and they're just like "Ooh, i'm almost winning what what alien do you think has the best version of solitaire in the star trek universe um like the most fun version yeah okay i can't say the alan moraine aliens i know they probably have the worst the rizians probably have one that's Mm. like the kind of like the cones and and circles game and that's true yeah the polybius game Mm. yeah i would like that yeah. Yeah. You ever jerked off to a video game? 
You've, no. You never had a Final Fantasy, so to speak? No, no. Oh. There was, um... Nothing's ever chrono-triggered you, so to speak? Well, there was a guy on Twitter recently that was just like... He was complaining about the new um, Spider-Man game or something. Uh-huh. He's like, all these women are mid. If I can't jerk off to any of these babes, you failed. You failed in your in your task of making a I video mean, game. You you buy the Spider-Man game to shoot ropes, <laughs> yeah, right? That's so, true. So yeah, I, I see where he's coming it from. It was just a funny metric to have to apply to a um, to a Spider-Man video game. Like, yeah, I'm because like you're like yeah, you're not making like a game where you can jerk off to anime. yeah you're you're not making a game yeah yeah, yeah speak true. speak for yourself not guess, game designer <laughs> yeah, i guess yeah i guess if i were to design a game yeah i would have to make sure like lots every, of titties yeah even though it wouldn't even make sense for like just like some normal person then uh, uh-huh. one, one of the new york boroughs just like yeah having, like, you'd you'd put just only like femboy hooters in there though yeah it would just be femboy hooters uh-huh. and like yeah and yeah, and just like everyone is just, like hypersexualized to the point where it's completely unbelievable, and that's that's what I want in out of my video game. Yeah. No, yeah, you you just recreate a DOA Dead or Alive, yeah, and just put big old floppy tit tats <laughs> on like people who would never have them. It's winter in New York, and they're just wearing like a bikini. Yeah, yeah, just camel toe. Yeah, just camel toe. A camel toe game. Yeah, the camel toe game. Yeah, what's your favorite camel toe game? <laughs> Not even sure. I mean, again, like uh, I don't, I don't even know there's any Camel Toe anything. I don't play that much. Yeah, I played the Zelda game. There, it's, you do get, you do get, uh, you can make um, Link go down to his underwear. Uh, does he have a moose knuckle or a camel toe or anything? Not really. That kind of stinks. Yeah. They should have given Link a big dick. They should have. Like he, do, he does get to wear some slutty outfits though. Like yeah. there's like, or, I mean. Link could definitely be like trans mask. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like Link's a little bit trans mask. Yeah. I mean, there is like like I real guess, shy like, and silent, mm-hmm. and like a little bean, yeah. a little bean. You know? There's a there's a there's a part where you can go to a um, uh, a female dominant culture where they only have like a like a, ma- a males born in their in their community only once every like hundred years or something. Yeah, they have nights <laughs> at the sex club like that. Yeah, uh-uh. and so. And so, like it's it's like the planet that uh, Wrecker went to and was super horny for, where the mm-hmm. man, the man man is objectified. Right, right, right. And so, the snoo snoo planet. Yeah. So uh-huh. like, uh, you you can get an outfit where Link is objectified that in the same sense in a similar way, and kind of has like an outfit that looks like Wrecker's. Um, Ooh. Uh, 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 showing a little boob. Showing a little boob. Showing a little titty. Yeah, actually, I think the chest is completely exposed, and he's wearing like a transparent veil. So. Ooh. Yeah. We'd like love to see it. Love to see it. Did you know we have a Patreon? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we have a cool Patreon. Uh, at patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. For as little mm-hmm. as $2 a month, you can support us, keep us ad-free, and editorially independent. You want to hear more about dogs going to heaven and whether or not they got big old dicks? Keep, keep giving us money. <laughs> I wasn't talking about a dog dick. Were you uh, talking about a dog dick? Was I? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I'm always talking about dog dick. You kidding me? Dog dicks. What are what other subjects are you? You got religion, you got politics, and you got dog dick. And I said, no religion and politics at the dinner table. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying, my friend? Because dog dick is on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> it's the appetizer, it's the entree, and it's the dessert. And the aperitif. <laughs> <laughs> and we got dog dick coffee for dessert too if you want <laughs> decaf dog dick too mm-hmm. just letting that in there 
Blooming. Blooming in the on the hot water. <laughs> Getting nice cream on top. You're talking you're talking brewing dog dick. Brewing right? dog dick. <laughs> Around the pod, we brew a dog dick for about five to seven minutes. Get yeah. the maximum amount of dog dick oil. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Patreon, Patreon, that's Patreon. Right. Uh, little as two dollars a month, you can get uh, access to our entire backlog of episodes, including the other two podcasts on our network: Getting Head, A Bucket Cast, and Prison Breakdown. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, you can also vote on the episodes. Uh, we just had to watch a Star Trek porno because our patrons voted on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also give us recommendations for that voting process, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you also get all of our episodes the moment I get done making them uh, instead of having to wait for them to trickle out over the week. And you get them in high-quality stereo instead of dog shit mono. <laughs> you know, More like dog dick mono. Yeah, we sound like old-time radio now, don't you hear? This is what it sounds like in mono, you dumb dickhead. <laughs> dog dick mono. Is that what is that the disease you got from sucking a dog's dick? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got dog dick mononucleosis. That's what my parents told everyone that I was sick when I was in high school. They're just like, "Yeah, Pat's got dog dick mono again." <laughs> just call it, and the, the nurse immediately calls animal control and child yeah. protective services. Yeah. Mom, stop telling everyone I got dog dick mono. <laughs> but it's what you got, Patrick. Fucking dog dick mono, piece of shit. <laughs> um, for five dollars a month we'll mention your name on the podcast people mm. just like dylan lance nick savard jordan hale david craning sites cappies d gersky eric and Sousloaf, jormore tim wilkinson ethan adams kyle simmons pj hale shane sawyer gillian mccrary sfc punk pink king penumbra roberto molina seven of nine james hartman anna conklin iggy abigail simpson electric baphomet and joanna hearn sorry jonah hearn and i'm also missing a couple new people i'm sorry i'll get your name on the list mm. next time oh new people we got some new new patrons oh. thanks for supporting us everybody we really appreciate it we um, love you we love you so much we go back to old-timey radio to tell much how much we love you <laughs> We love you as much as cocaine and Coca-Cola. We love you as much as heroin and cough syrup. <laughs> we love you as much as women not getting the vote. Could even go even further. Universal it'd suffrage, dark, by the way. be very darker. Oh, yeah, we, oh. <laughs> old-timey things are bad-timey old things. Time, old-timey things are bad-timey things. Yeah, this is why, like, when people are like, uh, yeah, I'm into, like, rockabilly, you know, like, 1950s and stuff like that. I'm mm. like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the 1950s, 1960s. Yeah. Yeah, those were great years. <laughs> very. For white people. Yeah, that's why I always think, like, a lot of those people who are very into, like, the romanticizing, like, you know, an, an era that they haven't been in. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's this they're just like really just like focusing on the aesthetics and nothing else really about that era right right <laughs> like, like i i wear a suit which is very you know i mean it's it's of any era but it's still very like i feel like 1950s 60s yeah uh, and i recognize those times are dog shit for most people except for like the emerging middle white class and, and also just like all the rome worshipers online this is like are you gonna start fucking some dudes now <laughs> it's like no probably not. they kind of want to though they kind of want to but probably, yeah but, yeah but yeah they're just like they're it's just like oh no we we think this is the golden age of existence it's like okay 
Yeah, what what is what do you think is the golden age of existence? Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want. That's where I want to be. What's what's the most attractive thing do you think about Star Trek? Uh just just everyone uh, we've solved all over the world like petty problems that have really, like like pubic hair. Like pubic hair. Like pubic and we've hair. really solved those issues mm-hmm. and we can focus more on uh, human progress, human mm-hmm. development, just, just like exploring the better versions of ourselves that we can be, and every day, and try to bring that to to everyone else, and just uh, you know, live in harmony with each other. Sounds pretty gay, man. <laughs> but that's also kind of the theme of what this episode was about. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. So this week we watched uh, Lower Decks season four, episode ten, Old Friends. New planets. Yeah, uh, this one aired a couple days ago. So I just I sort of realized they had uh, that that title actually makes sense later on. So it does. When I was like, when I first watched, I was like, new planets, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It is a strange new world. It is a strange new world. Uh, so this one was released on Thursday, November second, twenty twenty three. It is the fortieth of forty episodes produced in Lower Decks, and the nine hundred and eighth episode of Star Trek released overall. Uh, it is written by May Darmon, Darmon Angelad. Darmon Angelad. At Tanagra, um, who has written two episodes of Solar Opposites and was formerly the assistant to Alex Kurtzman on Discovery. Mm. And after that, the assistant to Mike McMahon on uh, Lower Decks. Okay. And this one is directed by Bob Suarez, who has directed nine episodes of Lower Decks, so probably their most off-director. Uh, including Crisis Point, Wedge Douge, and the two best episodes of this season, I think, uh, Something Borrowed, Something Green, and a few badgies more. Mm, yeah. 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 That's why I really like the Caves episode. The Caves was good. Uh, the the uh, Parth Ferengi's Heart Place was yeah, really good. That was good. There, I mean, this this season has been hit and miss for me, mm. but the hits have been pretty good fucking yeah. hits. I also like the last episode, the first part of this um, two-parter. Was yeah, good. yeah, I yeah. Was that, that was very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're excellent. not wrong. So, and mm-hmm. had probably, in my opinion, like the best scene in all of Lower Decks mm-hmm. still. Yeah. Yeah. So, we open with a rare last time on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it shows us the arc this season of ships being stolen from different races and Mariner being kidnapped by Nick Lacarno, who's mm-hmm. behind it the whole time. And we'll remember, well, we'll get into it. So mm-hmm. next, we're transported back to Starfleet Academy 13 years ago. Other cadets are telling Nick that the starburst maneuver is too dangerous and maybe he shouldn't try it, but Lacarno assures them they're the best cadet pilots in the Academy. And we have several characters reprising their roles here. We have Shannon Phil is Cito Jaxa, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah, it's um, awesome. We also have Robert Duncan McNeil as Nick Locarno once again, mm-hmm. as in uh, last episode. And, of course, Will Wheaton is Wesley mm-hmm. Crusher. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't say a lot for it. He doesn't. And yeah. he, he kind of plays a good, like, young Wesley Crusher, though, because he, like, stumbles a little bit over yeah, his words. Yeah. And, like, I'm like, oh, that's not bad, actually. Yeah. Maybe he has a career in, in voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Maybe. So suddenly Mariner arrives to talk to Cito Jaxa, and she's fangirling way hard over Jaxa. Yeah, and how old is uh, Mariner supposed to be here? Because I was trying to figure out how old she is. She, is she in her late 20s now? She's going to be in her early to mid-30s. Oh, okay. I got her you. character at this point in mm. the series. Yeah. Okay. 
And uh, that kind of lines up with the whole timeline thing. Okay, so she's, she's probably like 18 here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's now. she's just first in Starfleet Academy here. So this yeah. is like 15, 20 years so ago. That's, that's what age like Wesley joined, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some, uh, I mean, he he became an ensign on ship yeah, before acting, he went to Starfleet ensign, Academy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like two years prior to him going to Starfleet Academy, mm-hmm. I think. So. Um. <clears throat> so. Uh, suddenly Mariner arrives uh, and she's fangirling over Jaxa. Jaxa tells Mariner is acting just like her during her first year. Uh, Locarno vaguely describes the starburst maneuver and how it will make them all legends, and Mariner does not feel too great about it. Mm-hmm. We go back to present day, and Mariner is asking Nick if she's a prisoner. As we saw in the last episode, she was effectively like beamed aboard and captured by, you know, kidnapped by mm-hmm. Locarno. Carno says he saved her from the planet, and she insists she didn't need saving. Plus, she didn't know Locarno back when he was in Nova Squadron, and he says now they're in Nova Fleet and reveals a whole fleet of ships at his disposal. Mm-hmm. Opening credits, 3 minutes 35 seconds. Not a very long cold open, but the, uh, the last time on made it a little longer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't love a last time on. I, I don't. Mm. I don't feel like I need it most of the time. But sometimes it gives you like plot points in case you weren't following the full arc of the season. <clears throat> yeah, like yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They do like feature prominently in the last time on, like oh, the Genesis device mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's yeah. Like, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they would show like oh yeah, it was already introduced, but Fair. I was like a little bit more surprised to it. Yeah. yeah. So. On the Cerritos, um, when we come back, Captain Freeman gets a call from the admirals, including her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brief her that Locarno was behind all the attacks of non-Federation vessels, and the, he in fact stole them. Uh, Freeman says that they can still track his warp trajectory, but the admiral suggests caution, as Locarno has many races of followers, and moving against him might be seen as an act of war by some races. Mm-hmm. He orders Freeman to stand down, which is pretty reasonable, I think. Yeah. With Locarno on the one-man ship uh, from earlier in the season, he's giving Mariner a tour and tells her that Starfleet will be incredulous when they find out a Starfleet officer has sighted with him. She laughs and asks how they're sticking it to Starfleet. Locarno makes his way to the bridge, to the captain's chair, and opens a channel to all bands to address all of Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cerrito- That's why I like his comment where uh, they're commenting on the, the design of the ship, and he's like, yeah, no wood paneling here. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming on the design of this of the yeah of the other Star Trek ships. Yeah, and uh, um, Mariner calls it like a minimalist hellscape yeah. in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the Cerritos picks up the transmission, uh, and Rutherford says Locarno looks just like Tom Paris, but Boimler says he does not see it. Uh, Locarno says that he didn't destroy any ships, but instead liberated those ships, mm-hmm. making them part of his first independent fleet in the quadrant. He makes a call to all lower deckers in the quadrant and says if they want to rebel to meet him in the Detrion system. And that's what I do like when he's like, oh, we have the first independent fleet in the star system. And then like, oh. Maquis. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, the Maquis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, meet them in the Detrion system, which is protected by an indestructible Trinar field. Uh, he also has a black market Ferengi Genesis device. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. He says everyone has to respect Nova Fleet. He then invites Mariner to tell everybody what Starfleet is really like. It's weird that he would take a Starfleet name and name his fleet that. Mm. But I guess it makes sense if he just wants revenge on Starfleet. Yeah. 
And this is one of those things. I don't I don't totally love this plot line, just the revenge on Starfleet because they wronged me or mm. we get a lot of that in Star Trek and you know, it's a it's kind of a tired plot, mm. I think. We usually don't get it from like ex Starfleet people though. Except for maybe like Thomas Riker and yeah. Eddington and Yeah, yeah. Uh the other guy who was the commander and turned to the Maki. Mm. Uh, That's yeah, and also any number of like evil evil admirals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. A lot of them are more like acting in selfish interest yeah, than like turning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Evil admirals. We love the evil admiral trope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had that in the in the that what, second season, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the third, third season. season, third season. <clears throat> yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, the third evil admiral there. Yeah, burn your heart in a fire. That mm-hmm. one. So, uh, mm, all right. Uh, he says everyone has. To, uh, Locarno says everyone has to respect the Nova fleet, and then invites Mariner to tell everybody what Starfleet is really like. Put on the spot, Mariner says Locarno sucks and his plan is going to get everyone killed because he's stupid and only cares about himself. Mm-hmm. Pretty good read, I think. Yeah. Uh, Freeman puts out a ship-wide transmission saying she's going to disobey a direct order and embark on a rescue mission for her daughter, Mariner. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't mention it's her daughter. No. But I think that's kind of important. Yeah. Uh, she says a court-martial is imminent, but if her crew is with her, they won't wait around and let politicians decide the fate of her crew. Everybody is with her. All departments check in, and everyone wants to help. Freeman wonders how they can get around the system shield, and Tendi has an idea. With the Nova fleet, Mariner is stealing the Ferengi Genesis device and runs from Locarno and some Ferengi. She makes it up to the bridge of another ship and escapes, uh, sorry, and tries her mom's security codes, and it overrides successfully and begins her escape. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, uh, that, that was pretty fun. Yeah. She's like, oh, thank God. I knew that would come in handy sometime. Yeah. Do you know your mom's password? No. Yeah. It's probably like Patrick Stick 69. <laughs> when was the last time you do you think your mom thought about your penis? Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> no, no. Because if she's like a decent parent, she's got to think about it when you're young and stuff, you know? Okay. Right. Okay. And, you know, she's got to, they look at like, at least when you're born, they have to like check the circumcision box, yes or no. And so they have to think about and take into account <clears throat> your penis at that point. Yeah, I guess so. So do you think your mom has thought about your penis since then? She probably like helped like potty train you. So she probably thought about your penis at that point. Um, I'm going to, uh, hang myself. <laughs> <laughs> I got some rope. It's good, oh, good okay. jute. It's okay. like, I, I was like, going to Google how to tie a noose real quick. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I can show you. Excellent. I'll help you out. Um, I would agree though, probably within the last decade. <laughs> okay. The last uh, decade. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what you were trying to say. I think. <laughs> yes. I yes, think. Yes. I don't know. I think I, think yeah. I was seeing through the subtext. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you're able to read between the lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Read between the veins. Yeah, yeah. Got a vein like a snickerbar. So you see the new uh, Willy Wonka by Timothy Chalamet. His his hat has a dick vein. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That that movie looks like it has very good production. At least it looks. Yeah, I think it's gonna be awful. It be it could go either way. It could be either like a mediocre good or fucking awful 
I don't think it's going to be mediocre bad think, or like or like good bad. I think the Tim Burton one is really or good. good. <clears throat> like mm-hmm. I, it's hard to it's hard to beat the original. Oh yeah, I, and, I, you can't. Gene Wilder was perfect for that role. Yeah, and everything else has felt very just like very soulless to me. Mm-hmm. Just like just the the grimmest shit that I've ever seen. Yeah, but, the, the grimmest shit that you've ever seen. The grimmest, yeah. Hey Ronald, <laughs> I'm an eggplant. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like the eggplant emoji. People uh, <laughs> use me for sex. <laughs> I think he's actually a butt plug. Yeah, he he does look like anal training. Like he's because yeah. he's got like the flared base. Yeah, the flared base. So he doesn't slip out. Yeah, he's got a flared base, and it's like yeah, he is like conical. It doesn't go in too far. Directly conical. Yeah, very conical, and he's purple too. Which like, I've seen so many purple butt plugs in my time. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the most common colors for a butt plug for oh. sex toys in general. You got your purple, your black. Your silver, your gold, your pink. Yes. Um, what's your what what, are, what color are all your sex toys? Uh, let's see. Oh, I, it's too many to go through. <laughs> I got all the colors of the rainbow. That's pretty gay. <laughs> pretty gay, dude. Pretty, pretty gay. gay. Um. So with Locarno, he manipulates some Romulans into chasing after Mariner's ship. Mm-hmm. We go to Orion. And Tendi's sister excoriates her for bringing Starfleet into her house. Mm-hmm. As Tendi's there with, uh, you know, all of her crew. Tendi tells her that showing a display of force and helping Starfleet will, in fact, embarrass them. And her sister says she's listening. Tendi asks to borrow a warship with a ton of firepower to punch a hole through Lacarno's shield. Mm-hmm. Her sister says she's overseeing the merger of two giant criminal organizations and can't help right now. Which, uh, in America, we just call that a corporate merger. Yeah, yes. Uh, Tendi suddenly demands barter by combat, Mm -hmm. which sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. So we go back to Mariner, and she tells her number one with the Ferengi Genesis device that she's taking the ship to warp, but there's a shield right in front of her. She skates along the Trinar field, uh, shield, sorry, uh, but Locarno pages her and tells her that she's trapped inside. He tells I always, her. I always wondered, <clears throat> are those shields always like? Do they cover all sides? Yeah, like, they're like a Dyson sphere, basically. Mm, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, they they exist in the third dimension. You know, how else would it work? Yeah. Well, I was just wondering because when she was going up, it didn't seem to have a top. Yeah. And that is considered the top, you know, wherever they're facing. Yeah. <laughs> Every good bottom needs a top. <laughs> um, so, with Mariner, uh, she tells her number one, the Genesis device, that she's taking the ship to warp, but she's trapped within the field. Uh, Locarno tells her if she doesn't want help, he'll just send her on her way. Uh, or, sorry, if she doesn't want to help him, he'll send her on her way, but she doesn't want him to get the Genesis device back. She shoots phasers at the shield to no effect. Mm-hmm. On Orion, the rules of barter by combat are explained. Each side chooses a warrior, and the winner gets the other one's ship. Mm-hmm. Tendi agrees to the terms. Her sister chooses a woman who Boimler calls a shacks and a half. <laughs> and Tendi chooses, out of the many big security men, Dr. Miglimo, the ship's uh, like psychiatrist played yeah. by Paul F. Tompkins, who's he's, a bird, and he's eating eating snacks and is completely taken taken by surprise. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't want to do this. No. Um, yeah. Oh, who would who would you pick for the the barter by combat? 
Uh, well, I mean, we see like the reasoning behind Tindy's uh, thing, but I probably would have picked Shax, honestly, because mm-hmm. he loves fighting. He does love fighting. He was foaming at the mouth to go in there. I mean, uh-huh. he, I mean, he would have been the obvious choice, I feel, but yeah, but make, make Glimo makes sense. And mm-hmm. As we soon re- be revealed. We'll see. We'll see. Meanwhile, Mariner flies through some ice fields in her escape, and some of her pursuers perish. She locks onto a Ferengi ship and asks them why they're working for Locarno when he doesn't care about profit. And she cites rule of acquisition 91. Your boss is only worth what he pays you, which honestly, that's that's pretty communist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the Ferengis cites rule of acquisition number 289. Shoot first, count profits later. Mm. Which is also what they say about cum shows on webcams. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'll count my tokens after my ropes have been shot. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. You do still want that rope, by the way? Yes, yeah. I'm going to shoot some right now. (laughs) God, no. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I was wondering, like, yeah, what the Ferengis, besides, like, they want to be free of like of being you know just like a lower decker mm-hmm. like yeah what the profit motive is like they say like oh well there is well and know. they're they're in like brand new like unincorporated space basically yeah, so true. there's always like in a new star system there's always commerce to be made yeah that's true you know there's uh yeah what what would i mean you need a lot of things in space yeah first off you need like dilithium you need matter you need antimatter mm-hmm. you need whatever the fuck they put into uh you know, like, excuse me, the um, the replicators mm. in the holodeck, you know, the stuff that, like, makes material. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Otherwise, how are you going to jerk off in space? <laughs> you going to use your hand? I guess so. Yeah, and imagine that. Yeah, uh, they need to make, like, episodes about, like, the people who don't matter so much on the ship, like, when the power goes down, mm. like, when there's an energy force source that, like, takes away all their power, like... And they're just stuck there for a couple hours, and they're like, "How am I gonna masturbate?" <laughs> yeah, they call it doing going analog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh my god. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just, just They've got like it. a data or like Spock character who's like uh, explaining uh, before our first contact from Zeph from Cochrane, people used to use their hands for this kind of thing. <laughs> like what? No, not, 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 not beams of light formed into the uh, into a into a hole. <laughs> yeah, they, they they don't have the setting on their sonic shower to suck you off. <laughs> yeah. Like what the hell? Because the sonic shower has to be able to like suck you off, right? Or at least just do some sort of sound that allows that. Oh, it, it does sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> Sticks a chopstick in your dick. Yeah. yeah. What would you sound with if you had to? If I had to? Yeah, yeah. If, if uh, you know, someone uh, kidnapped you and they're like, we're sticking something in your dick and you got to choose. I guess it would have to be something... Some, something that without sharp edges. A pipe cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> no, a pipe cleaner is very sharp inside. Yeah. Like it looks fuzzy on the outside, but it's got that metal center, so I probably That's wouldn't true. choose that. Yeah, yeah. But it would, yeah. But I think it would have to be like silicone, something very smooth, very not not have any points on it. Because I can tell you think about this often. <laughs> well, I'm just I got a long drive home, baby. <laughs> I got to think about something. Um, yeah. So. Uh, uh, Mariner vents some coolant vapor and freezes the Ferengis pursuing her and then hides among the ice fields. On Orion, Dr. Maglimo is facing combat uh, from a giant Orion. 
Boimler says he's going to have to start over with a new therapist. <laughs> Tendi tells Dr. Maglimo to fluff his down, and he does, giving the Orion an allergic reaction. She passes out, but on top of Dr. Maglimo. Yeah, crushes him. Yeah, which is how what he likes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like him to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but t- I'm, I'm surprised they didn't consider that to be a draw. Yeah, because they both like passed out at the same time. It should have been a draw, honestly. Yeah. I was just like, wait, no, that was a draw. He like, okay, she was on top, but and she- also she's unconscious and he's struggling underneath her. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, a, it's I guess it's a pin. Yeah, technically, maybe I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, so Tendi's sister declares herself the winner and says Cerritos is hers. They go to transfer the ship, but Tendi says she has something that her sister wants more than the Cerritos. Her, mm-hmm. she says she's wanted. Uh, her sister says she's wanted Tendi to come back to work for the family for years and if they give her a warship she'll come back so it's a deal Mm -hmm. Uh, she says she expects her to return even if she doesn't save her friend Tendi assures her that she will save her friend with Mariner she's looking for a planet to set off the Genesis device so it can't be used by anybody else and finds a suitable planet without life to use it Detrion 9. She plots a course, but a cloaked Romulan ship follows after her. It'd be cool if their cloak was like a big cape, like yeah. a wizard's cape, like a real cloak. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Sort of, sort of like what the um, the hobbits used. Oh, yeah. 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 The thing that, the, like the ring that makes you invisible, yeah. but like a cloak that makes yeah. you invisible. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. They should give more more of the, the ships on Star Trek capes. Mm hmm. I do like I do like the scene though, like when um, um, Lacarno is telling them, like you know, like they're like, oh, let her go, and like, oh, you know, well, she gets away with it, you know, we'll, we'll lose. And I'm sure your Romulans are very, are very uh, forgiving about, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very manipulative, yeah, like, based on their race and kind of racist, <clears throat> yeah, but but they know like the Romulans do not forgive, do not forget. No, they don't. Uh, they do foreskin, though. They do foreskin. They don't forgive. They don't forget. They do foreskin. Yeah, because uh, Leonard Nimoy did say, you know, like... That's you know, how... Vulcans that, that are... was the split between Vulcans and Romulans, yeah. is Romans, Romulans are uncut. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're uncut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he said, like... No, uh, that's why um, That's why Shinzon was so mad, is because mm. they, didn't, they didn't give him a circumcision. Oh. So he was, like, you know, living... Yeah living amongst all the Remans and they're all circumcised and he's got like a windsock looking ass penis <laughs> <laughs> well I think the Vulcans I think Vulcans are circumcised Romulans are not that's what I was saying oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the Remans though oh Remans Remans are circumcised oh, okay so yeah. Remans are Vulcans yeah I mean they, they want to make their people freaks so they mutilate mm. their penises and give them a circumcision okay that's gonna if, if you want to talk to me about circumcision <clears throat> get wild about that don't yeah. <laughs> it's a debate that's like raged on the internet for time immemorial yeah. and it's like come on shut up yeah a tale as old as time mm-hmm. a foreskin as old as my forefathers <laughs> that's why they called, called Fori them Fori and the <laughs> foreskin and the beast yeah foreskin and the yeast <laughs> I baby, I hate that. <laughs> um, no, thank you. Mm. So, uh, f- with Freeman, 
and her crew, they get a full report. The warship they uh, gave them is nearly in- inoperable. So mm-hmm. the, the Orion warship they have fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Tendi's sister says they didn't discuss ship condition and said a deal's a deal. This is like renting a car off Turo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with Billups, he says it'll take months to make the ship battle ready. Mm-hmm. Rutherford and Livick from earlier in the season, mm-hmm. the young upstart ensign, argue about what systems to prioritize until Lynn has an idea. Next, we see them both in the holodeck on a riverboat, both as Mark Twain. Yeah, that's got a big laugh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like this a lot. It's a callback to an episode earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think an episode that the same guy directed. Yeah. I think. Yeah, um, I mean, there's, yeah there's lots of good callbacks mm-hmm. um, from all the episodes this season. Yeah, I mean, they set us set up everything basically mm-hmm. like yeah like the orions like um the erica stuff like that yeah yeah, so yeah. It, all, it all flows pretty good pretty pretty fun yeah so um rutherford and livick uh come to an agreement and do declare a compromise mm-hmm. boimler has a tear and calls it beautiful <laughs> so over with mariner she's flying away from a storm when the romulans start shooting at her Mariner tries to manipulate them by talking about how Locarno is using them, but Locarno is on the call and has Mariner surrounded. He tells her to power down engines, but she flies directly into the storm instead. Locarno wants her captured for leverage and orders the others to get her, but they begin resisting his command. He calls them cowards and says he'll do it himself. He flies into the storm, and we have a very Wrath of Khan flying around scene. And the, yeah. the, like, the CGI and animation on here is amazing. It yeah. looks really fucking also, good. Also, um, I were the musical cues during this part that's yeah from also from Wrath of Khan. They might have been because it sounded. It's, I didn't I get th- too into it, but it did sound a lot. Yeah, like it's that. like because like they're doing the exact scene from mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan. I'm like, wait, is this the same music? Yeah, yeah, like, it, 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 it might have been. Yeah, might be right. You may be crazy, <laughs> but it just may be a lunatic you're looking for. <laughs> Turn out the lights. Come on. This is a Billy Joel podcast now. Sing oh with God. me. Sing with that, me. I don't know that much Billy Joel. Sing it's a song, <laughs> a piano man. Uh, Sing one. it's a, a song, song tonight. Because we're all in the mood for a memory. And you've got us feeling all right. <laughs> Billy Joel, not on Star Trek. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel so good about the Star Trek future if they have <laughs> Beastie Boys but no Billy Joel. Yeah. I mean, Think that's probably that. the best. I hear Billy Joel's kind of an asshole. Yeah, you do? Yeah. I bet he eats asshole. Probably. Yeah, he seems like a guy. He's got that goatee. He probably rubs it up in the butt. Good for him. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> use me like your toilet paper. I want you to use me like your toilet paper. I'm a dirty, dirty boy. I'm a dirty, dirty piano man. <laughs> use me as toilet paper. I'm the toilet paper man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this song at all. So, Locarno flying around in this Wrath of Khan scene gets hit by lightning <clears throat> and calls Mariner and tells her to give him the device. The two argue, the Genesis device, uh, the two argue about duty and commitment to Starfleet. Lucarno calls her another apologist for a broken system. Mariner says Starfleet messes up, but in the end, they do so for what is right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This, this feels kind of liberal-ass <laughs> politics to me right here. I don't know. I don't know what you got out of this, but uh, this, this feels like almost like uh, American apologism. Mm. Yeah. 
I got <clears throat> I got it more in the sense like you know they probably just didn't um, care enough for you know Lucarno's feelings I guess. but also Lucarno he's he's kind of went crazy I mean he fucked up and he won't admit that who his own um, fuck upness like that he fuck upness yeah, yeah he did get that guy killed because, he did because he wanted to do the Starbuck wouldn't you want to do the Starbuck yeah. though. I mean, not put was, put yourself in his shoes, mm, in his Starfleet boots. But I mean, he's he's doing the apologism. <laughs> he's he's for himself. For himself, yeah. Can you be an apologist for yourself? I feel like that's called being yourself. Yeah, right? <laughs> but I mean, like he's doing just, your actions. But I mean, yeah. he he fucked up, and he's been stewing on it ever since. And he's been stewy on it ever since. He's, been stewy on he's it. a gay baby. <laughs> who am going to kill you, Lewis? <laughs> Because yeah. I want to have sex with the dog. I'm going. To, I'm going to kill you, Federation. Brian's going to heaven because he's a dog. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, he's. I would have. I mean, it's gonna be. I think. I think he's gonna come back next season. Carno. Yeah. You think he's gonna be like an Argamas? You think the, the Agamas? Those two are gonna team yeah, up. We'll get to it. We'll get it's, to it. It's Agamas. Yeah. He might still be evil. We know. Yeah. Not. So, um, Mariner brings up how Josh from the Nova Squadron died because of Lucarno's ego, and Lucarno yells at her to shut up before he gets a hail from a Ferengi telling him there's a massive Orion warship right outside of the system. Boimler is left acting captain of the Cerritos. Mm -hmm. He gets a call from the Admiral, uh, Freeman's husband and Mariner's dad, who wonders where Freeman is, and Boimler doesn't explain and defies an order to return immediately. Mm Mm-hmm. The Cerritos goes to full impulse, towing an Ori- the Orion warship, and it slingshots the warship into the shield and rips a massive hole in it. And this CGI was, like, really cool. Yeah. Uh, really good animation here. It almost reminded me of, like, a Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Freeman flies her crew uh, through the hole in the captain's yacht. Yeah. And they, they mention it's, like, the first time they've ever seen the captain's yacht used. Which, which is very hilarious. Yeah, because you never see the captain's yacht used, even though, like, every ship has one for some reason. Even though they could, like, it's like a giant shuttle that they could use for more stuff, but no one ever does use yeah. it, really. Uh, so with Locarno, the other races are arguing amongst themselves. Locarno says they must follow orders since it's his plan and his system. All of his allies leave him. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, Lacarno sees Mariner. Where do they ship. go? I mean, they're still surrounded by the Trinar field. That's very true. Yeah, they're just gonna hang out in the <laughs> they're corner. Gonna, they're gonna hang out. We're like, gonna go to the corner like, of the system. You think they would be like, "Oh yeah, we can't leave until we kill this guy," right? Or or did the because the because the Binars left? Did that mean they also lost the? Tri- That's true. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah, so I think the Binars were maintaining the field, so they probably turned it off after that. Oh yeah. 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 Okay, that makes sense. Um. So suddenly, Lucarno sees Mariner's ship and shoots off in a cell. She activates the Genesis device. Lucarno beams onto her ship and points a phaser rifle at her, telling her to get away from the Genesis device. But she has already started the countdown. He tells her he graduated from the top of his class and he knows how to disarm a bomb. She tells him he didn't even graduate and attacks mm-hmm. him. Which This was a cool, cool scene, I thought. Yeah. This uh, good like climax here, mm-hmm. uh, and I climaxed too because I was masturbating the entire time. Yeah, it is. It is good. Yeah, because like they are kind of like 
Nick Lacarno and Mariner mm-hmm. are very similar characters. Except, yeah. except Lacarno is like the dark side of that. Where right? Well, Lacarno doesn't have the privilege of having a mom who's yeah. a captain and a dad who's an admiral. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, I I get it. Like yeah. it is it it is like a class thing too. Like yeah. he wanted to be in Starfleet and yeah. he's not allowed in that class. Yeah, yeah. But also, I think, but also, like the way they, I mean, Mariner could have gone super super bad. She kind of was the season where her trajectory was. Yeah, she like, was just self-destructive yeah, more than self-destruct- anything. Yeah, she wasn't really trying to like bury anyone with her. She was just <clears> very <throat> self-destructive. Yeah. So Mariner tells him that deep down he's not a murderer, and he uh, says his perfect life was taken from him by Starfleet, and now he's getting it back. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, Mariner beams out and appears on the captain's yacht. Mariner pages Lacarno and begs him to come with them, but he's reactivated the shields, and it's impossible to beam him aboard. Mm-hmm. They take the captain's yacht to full impulse right as Locarno disarms the bomb. But it's a Ferengi bomb, and it has a paywall, and asks for two bars of Latin. Locarno <laughs> decries Ferengis uh, and uh, calls them... <laughs> and then he blows the fuck up. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe they allowed that on, you know, even a streaming service. Yeah, really. It was kind of very offensive. Yes. To me, at least. Woof. As someone with larger ears yeah. <laughs> um so uh back on the cerritos freeman is getting chewed out by her husband the admiral but because she was able to open dip oh that well, that admiral isn't her husband oh it's not no oh. uh her her husband is the guy that's voiced by phil lamar that's another admiral oh it's another admiral yeah that's I, that was true yeah oh shoot okay well i <laughs> i feel bad now <laughs> because they're both black admirals and uh <laughs> i guess all black cartoons look the same to me <laughs> i i'm gonna take some cartoon sensitivity <laughs> training <laughs> yes I pledge to be better and yeah. try to get better. Be, be-, be best. Yeah, I'm, be I'm going to be my best self because, you know, black cartoon lives matter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so Freeman's talking to the Admiral, who's not her husband. Yes. But uh, looks kind of like her husband, maybe. Or maybe I just haven't seen her husband in a while. Yeah, and... he was kind of in the begin. He was in the beginning of this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause oh, so have... so I did call her husband the correct one one time, but not. Yeah, like oh, he was. Yeah, he was like uh, when they were first talking. Like yeah, it was like uh, yeah, Phil Lamar's character. Because uh, yeah, like um, he was in the beginning. That mm-hmm. it was that other admiral. I don't remember what his name is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, anyway, so uh, because she was able, Freeman was able to open diplomatic relations with the Orions for the first time in history. Command is pleased, and she will not be charged with anything. Starfleet will be avoiding repercussions for all those who joined Lacarno. Now they have to deal with the new Genesis planet, Lacarno, which they named because it has his DNA in the planet mm-hmm. that will one day be used for refugees. Aww. Mariner gets back on the ship, and the Lower Decks crew hugs her. She apologizes for processing some heavy stuff lately and taking it out on everybody else. She says maybe she won't self-sabotage for now, right as she walks into the bar and yells, Let's get drunk! (laughs) Uh, Rutherford walks past Livick, who he sneers at. Yeah. Uh, Apparently they're only cordial when they're twaining together. Mm-hmm. Which I liked. I like that they're maybe that, that twaining is, a thing. That is, yeah, that is a good. That is a good uh, word that can yeah. be used. And 
Like, oh, we, we, we're only good when we're twaining. Hell yeah. Uh, Boimler feels uh, captainy and says Ransom was impressed with his job as acting captain. Talyn receives a call from her former captain mm-hmm. on Vulcan, but she denies it. Mm. Tendi asks why she did that, and she explains she'd rather devote her time to becoming Tendi's science bestie, <laughs> which is very cute. Yes. And Tendi's very excited about it. Boimler says this is about the time when they chant lower decks together, but then a ship comes out of warp. Mm-hmm. Freeman comes up to the table and says... The ship is there to take Tendi to Orion. She says it's something she has to do for herself and makes her way to the transporter bay. Tendi gives Rutherford a hug and warps away to the ship. The crew walks through the hallway and they're all very dour at Tendi's mm-hmm. leaving. Yeah. On the Orion ship, Tendi sighs and says to herself, you've got this, as she walks away to some intense music. Mm-hmm. The end. The end. What do you, you think of the episode? That was good. Like, uh, I'm wondering if, like, uh, the Genesis planet will also, like, the, or that was called Locarno. It's like uh-huh. the, the planet was named after Nick Locarno. Yeah. And it's going to be used for refugees. And I'm wondering if it's going, they're going to also do, like, the plot of, you know, Star Trek 3, where nick lacarno is reborn or something oh god that and, would, well i mean his dna is in the planet so i wonder if the planet is going to like have his mind yeah have his mind that would actually be a cool plot i think or there's an entire race of uh like native race that grows there that are all nick lacarnos and, and it'll kind of have a joke have a joke where you know that there's also like some tom paris who looks just like nick lacarno or and then there's like a whole bunch of just planets of just nothing but robert duncan mcneils that that could be fun or <laughs> yeah. it could be like almost an origin story and explain like how god came to be on star trek five oh, like yeah. you know if like god was like part of the planet mm. and he wanted to like separate himself from the planet which is mm. why he needed the starship yeah i, yeah, I hope to see something like that and yeah and i i'm i looking forward to whatever they do with like because now you know um the Vulcan girl, she's now replaced Tendi on the Tlin, show. Tlin. Tlin, she's replaced Tendi. I mean, I'm, Tendi's still there. <laughs> yeah. But she's just not going to be on the Cerritos for a while. Yeah, she's... It she, could be just an episode. She, we don't know. Because, yeah, like, Mariner was only gone for, like, an episode or two with yeah. uh, the archaeology lady. Yeah, they'll probably have, like, a couple episodes where she's, like, you know, get, rests control of the Orion Star Empire, you know, Orion Empire for herself, you know? Yeah, yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting if could, we got some could, more political stuff out of it. She could potentially be, like, a villain of the next season. She could, yeah, like, a reluctant villain, I think, would be interesting. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to do what she's having to do, but, like, she's her hand to, is forced. Yeah, her hand is forced, and, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be interesting, but then, yeah, somehow it returns, so. Yeah, it looks, uh, I did like this episode a lot, like, that I did, like, um, also, like, the references to you know um wrath of khan obviously like mm-hmm. lots of wrath of khan you know yeah. basically the same ending as the wrath of khan where they're having yeah. like the um the final battle in a uh in a thick nebula a thick storm you know it's storm yeah. or yeah and they can't, and they can't game, see each other really yeah and, a game of cat and mouse and mm-hmm. uh hunting each other and then ending with like the genesis device going off and creating a new planet out of thin air mm-hmm. that's that was fun and um yeah, and Robert Duncan McNeil was a real joy in this one. He is, and also this this marks like Robert Duncan McNeil, Robert Duncan McNeil is tied with uh, Jonathan Frakes for uh, legacy characters appearing in um, in Lower Decks. Oh, interesting, because he's appeared both as Tom Paris and Lacarno. Yeah, 
and uh yeah what's his face has appeared as has he appeared as thomas Riker? no or just will I, I did think it would be funny if they did include thomas Riker because i would have liked to see what it was like, what happened to him but i did mm-hmm. like how like they kind of like filled out what because they do would, mention thomas Riker. they when do they're, yeah they're talking about the uh, former starfleet officers mm-hmm. that they need to like pick up yeah yeah i was hoping uh, that thomas Riker was going to appear but that yeah, would have been fun. Yeah, but I did like, you know, we do get to see what happened actually happened to Nick Lacarno after the events of uh, him getting pushed out of Starfleet Academy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, you know, as you said, like we have seen like the character seeking revenge against the um, against the uh, organization that that uh, rejected them before. But, you know, it was interesting to see Nick Lacarno have like that sort of character return, mm-hmm. bring it back to. Uh, uh, kind of like expand like the um, the mythos of Star Trek and stuff. Yeah. So uh, now that we've watched the entirety of season four of Lower Decks, what do you what do you think about the series so far? And what do you think about season four? Uh, <clears throat> I like I, I like the season. Like mm-hmm. there, you know, it had some some kind of sleeper episodes, but I thought the I thought like it did good. Like I thought it was a they had a pretty coherent narrative throughout the throughout the season yeah I, I even like the break episode caves i thought that caves episode was a great way caves was pretty good i i honestly thought it started out pretty slow mm. and in as much i think the first two episodes might have been my least favorite in the yeah. season uh i have no bones yet i must flee which was the moopsie episode yeah. moopsie episode and also mm-hmm. two vix the Voyager. Yeah, the two. Vi- I think the two Vix episode was my least favorite of yeah, the season because I, I think the Beta really... Zoid episode was kind of underwhelming as well. Yeah, but I think um, two Vix especially because I don't think they actually did anything interesting with the concept of two Vix. Yeah, of or or the or or to two Vix somebody. Right. They they had the. They I mean, they just like yeah made it more of a, you know, like a verb. To yeah, we're just, we're just gonna we're just gonna. They memed it. It was a meme episode. Was, yeah, we're just going to mix all the characters together into a big blob yeah. and not really do anything. It was very do, like Rick and Morty. Yeah, not offer any sort of like commentary. Mm-hmm. On it. Yeah, and like and so like there or 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 try to like subvert mm-hmm. the concept of two mixing. It yeah. was just like we're just going to keep mixing people until they're a giant amorphous blob. And mm-hmm. so yeah, that that episode felt. Um, it didn't resonate with me. I think that was the worst episode of the season. Yeah, but everything else I really enjoyed. I I really liked. Um, yeah, like this two parter th- episode, the Cradle of Vexilon or whatever was just fine too. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. The, I think really honestly, the second half of the season was pretty much all bangers. Yeah, uh, the first half was very not great, honestly. Mm. Um, but in as much like I I feel like this might still be the best season of Lower Deck so far. Yeah. Because all those hit and miss, like the hit episodes, like the last five episodes especially, are all hits to me. Yeah, yeah, no, all good. Yeah, I mean, we did get like you know, very memorable scenes like twaining. That's fun. Like twaining. Uh, we got more information on Orion, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, we got uh, more information on the Ferengi, which is yeah, great. Yeah, we did, we, went to, we went and explored like uh, mm-hmm. the other other spe- or the races and stuff. Which yeah, I really we uh, we got some resolution on Badgie's story, yeah. on Peanut Hamper's story, yeah, and we, Agamus. Yeah, and we saw we saw Goodie at the end. Yeah, Goodie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we saw the, we'd love these, to see Goodie. Yeah, we saw Goodie in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like. Um, and yeah, this was a very Mariner-heavy uh, season, which I it think, was. which I like. Like mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, we love Tawny. She's great. Yeah, she's excellent. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do like how, yeah, it is kind of like moving her way just from being like a you know Rick-coded type character that's just there right. for 
for partying and drinking and stuff partying like that. and drinking and usually being right and and being badass yeah yeah and, being, uh, being and a badass who's like inexplicably badass inexplicably. although it does have a couple of those moments in the season that i didn't love like yeah. when uh she like puts the gate back up with those lizards that kill you and shit yeah and plus uh, how she was being suicidally insane too yeah but like um i do like how but i mean what she's said like about like the con the, the purpose and like the re the reason why Starfleet exists, like mm -hmm. her speech, like for uh, pro Starfleet, I yeah. think, especially in the last episode, I think that really captures like the, what they what they were trying to capture with Star Trek and try to get ahead with Star Trek. You know, mm -hmm. you know, to say it's not like a military organization. It's like it's like a, it's like a you know they want to explore and seek seek to better themselves. It's not too different than like Cisco's speech on for the uniform. Mm -hmm. uh, you know the betrayed you betrayed your uniform speech yeah. to to Eddington. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's about basically like the Federation and Starfleet's superiority because of their ideals, mm -hmm. making an ethical argument for an institution, which. Yeah is interesting and it's something you you can do uh and you know starfleet does have pretty good ideals for the most part mm -hmm. but at the same time they are like a colonialist organization so i understand yeah. like why an independent fleet would need a place in the quadrant in you know in the yeah. universe but i think i i think star i think it's a good thing like just starfleet like what what like what they're supposed to stand for and i feel like that's something that hasn't really been it's been kind of lost especially with like a lot of like the new trek where it's just like i, I feel get, like prodigy did it really yeah well. prodigy did it very well and mm -hmm. like but it's hard to really get that sense of like what they're actually there for you know it's like something mm -hmm. that was especially lost in the movies where the movies are just like straight up action films yeah and and i just, mean with picard too yeah like and all, picard as well yeah yeah all, just feels, all three seasons of that like really didn't capture the ideals of star trek very well no it's it's very the it's, best, it's bleak but, it's nihilistic yeah. it's it's just sad and mm -hmm. wrong and this has a more of like a positive like actually accomplish something do 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 something good yeah type thing and like like it, one nice thing is at the end of every episode it gives you that feeling of optimism yes yeah, like yeah. old star trek does and mm -hmm. that's a thing that's missing from a lot of modern trek is by the end of the episode you're like oh fuck because they try to leave it on like a fucking cliffhanger like every other sci-fi show and yeah. shit like that you know yeah and not you know you can do that with a two-part episode but like or if you want the message to be everything's fucked and everybody sucks yeah uh like limp biscuit says yeah um, everybody sucks uh yeah i mean you, you can do that but it's not a very star trek thing to do all the time but no. i feel like especially in discovery they do a lot of like very dour dark stuff yeah it doesn't resolve or make you feel hopeful until like maybe the very end of the season <laughs> no. no yeah nothing that makes you feel hopeful about anything and then picard of course is very yeah yeah picard is yeah just like yeah just depressing mm -hmm. so yeah I, I do like i do like them try to like kind of bring that sort of feeling back and i feel like the and mariner kind of just like yeah still upholding those ideals mm -hmm. and um yeah, no, I like that a lot about, and I, I was glad she she was had that focus on her character. This kind of like yeah. uh, evolution of this on the season. Yeah, it kind of resolved like her her main character like flaw mm. and the ethics of her character in a way, yeah. and like finally like reconciled them with Starfleet and her job. Yes, yeah. which is something that it really hasn't done so far. It mm -hmm. kind of did that when she came back to Starfleet after in last season uh after doing her little archaeology thing mm -hmm. 
But uh, yeah, you know, it's a uh, pretty good, pretty good season. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. I'd say overall, I'd give the season like a seven, seven and a half out of ten, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the yeah. season a lot. It was yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure I'd call it like peak Trek in my opinion, mm-hmm. but it's good Trek. Yeah, yeah. And I think it should be watched if you're a fan of Star Trek and uh, like funny jokes. Yeah, because it's, it's got some funny jokes and some <laughs> good gags. Yeah, and just a couple episodes, yeah, that probably aren't the best. Yeah, just like the two big episodes, and I was like, I don't even really remember it that well. <laughs> yeah, and we we only watched it, what, two and a half months ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, now that we're done with this, we actually don't have any announced Star Trek for the foreseeable future. Wow. We know that Discovery is probably coming out, like, second or third quarter next year mm. so but that's almost Probably. a year from now it feels like way too long between, right right i feel like i mean and it depends fourth, on like prodigy because netflix bought prodigy because also yeah fourth season came out like two years ago two years ago yeah right so, so it's we, gonna be three years in between seasons no one's gonna fucking remember that shit like mm. no, one's gonna, no, one's, no one's gonna be like i feel like already they've lost like they're already probably losing people right to other projects like michelle yo is already like in that time has become as her like got time more for popular. yeah the time for them to use michelle yo has really come and gone has, yeah it's gone like she like she's too hot of a commodity mm-hmm. for for that like, right yeah and they didn't lock her in like they should have <clears throat> but at the same time she probably knows her worth and knows that her star was rising again because you know yeah. michelle yo has been on the scene for a long time yeah yeah she yeah she's like yeah did uh was like great with uh yeah worked with uh jackie chan yeah like, did, was a great was a great martial artist and, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. she's in crouching tiger hidden dragon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and, like, great uh, film great film yeah she's she's yeah she's had decades like probably like yeah four decades worth yeah. of work that's wild yeah yeah She's still out there killing it and looking still great doing it. Yeah, looking great. Looking great. Yeah, vegetarian. Oh. Do you, are you one of those people who like Googles like vegan celebrities? Oh, uh, no. you know, you know, Moby's a vegan. No I, no, I just know because I followed her on, um, on, um, in, on social media and she mentions it and I'm like, oh, that's nice. Oh, nice. Did you know Moby's a vegan? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He says it all the time. I know. Yeah. Do you think he's fucked an animal before? No. I mean... Yeah, that no was a little too immediate. You, you've seen that guy. You've seen that guy. You know better. Yeah, he is really funny. Like, I don't know, like, the whole thing where he did with Natalie Portman where he was saying... Like, oh, that that he they dated and she's like, no. Yeah, like, he made up a whole story where they dated. He seems like a very bizarre little dude guy. Yeah. yeah. He's a strange guy. Yeah. My my former neighbor had sex with him and wrote about it in her memoir. Interesting. That I bought for my brother and my brother bought for me. Oh. As a joke. Oh nice! Oh wait, is that the one that had the, gave you the dead body? The yeah, dead animal? yeah, the the part parts of the owl. Yeah, yeah the parts of the owl. That's right. The one that uh, like smoked DMT thirty to forty times a day for forty nine days straight. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> I mean, are we? It's good for the mind, man. Are you even sure that she really did have sex with Novi? I mean, this could this. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think anyone who. Uh, does that much dmt and also just like gifts dead owls to people mm-hmm. can you really take their word on anything I don't, well i don't know like she actually used to be like hot like you okay, know back but, in like her 20s and stuff and yeah. you know uh i've definitely I, i've known her for maybe like i don't know five to ten years mm-hmm. and i've seen her mental decline in a way mm. yeah 
Um, so maybe at one point Moby was like, oh, hells yeah. Yeah. At some point Moby's like, fuck it, it's a groupie. Mm. I'll I'll fucking lay some animal rights dick into that. <laughs> I'll I'll pretend it's a dog. Yeah, I don't think Moby. Would, I don't think Moby, I don't think Moby would have liked being gifted the dead owl though. You're totally right. Yeah, I yeah, think he probably not, would have been very anti uh, owl, right. dead owl gift. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm. Well, this has been a Moby cast. <laughs> this has been Moby cast. Uh, yeah, can you imagine a Moby themed podcast? That no one would listen to it. <laughs> I think Moby has a podcast. Does he really? I think that sounds right. Are you gonna look up the Moby podcast? Yeah, now? yeah. Just, you, won't, just, you, won't, gonna... you won't look up things I ask you to. Fucking, <laughs> you're gonna look up Moby cast while we're, while we're right here recapping the season of Lower Decks. Let's see Moby. Moby podcast. Let's see Moby. Just going to Moby page. Uh huh. The Moby Pod, yeah, you're right. Boom, told ya. My new podcast updated fortnightly. Fortnightly. That's what he says. I Every swear to two God. weeks, fortnightly. Fortnightly. Let's see. Um, oh, yeah, it's just, I guess, him talking about vegan stuff. It'd be cool if it oh, was just addic- him playing Fortnite. Addiction and recovery. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's interviewed. Gwenna Hunter, founder of Vegans of Los Angeles Food Bank. Aliens mm-hmm. are real, live. Uh-huh. Uh, new music and storm stories. Uh-huh. Peter Kalmus, climate scientist, uh-huh. a very Moby country song. Kay. Oh, he interviewed Steve-O. Oh, cool. That's, they probably talked about addiction and recovery. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, sure yeah. I'm sure Moby has some demons. Cool. All right. All right. That's cool, Moby Pod. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I, I feel mean, like that, that's our most... This is now a podcast about the Moby Podcast. This, <laughs> that's our most direct competition. We're going to make a <laughs> podcast about the Moby Podcast and try yeah. to make it bigger than <laughs> yeah. Moby's podcast. <laughs> try to ratio him. Yeah, we're just we're just going to do weekly weekly uh, reviews no, of fortnightly, his podcast. Fortnightly, excuse For, me. Oh, yeah, fortnightly. Fortnightly reviews. Oh, yeah. yeah since it's released fortnightly, probably could just do like, yeah, just like a small like like a recap of the fortnightly episode yeah well that's your that's what you're doing on the podcast every week from now on is giving <laughs> yeah. us a moby update all right i'll i'll, I'll listen i'll, I'll no, listen you, no you won't i'll listen I'll, i don't right. think you will all right all right uh you're hearing it now i'm going to commit to listening to the moby podcast here i'm going to add it to my favorites uh-huh. i'm going to subscribe mm-hmm. i'm going to follow the moby pod yeah. following yep. add it to your library sure i will listen i will start with uh gene bauer because this was released yesterday. Gene Bauer, founder of the Farm Sanctuary. Okay. Part one. Hell yeah. I'll listen to it and I'll give you an update. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll do. We'll do. We'll, we'll we'll have like during one of the episodes, we'll just have like the Moby the Moby update. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging with us, soldiers. Yeah. Uh, be well, travel safe, and uh, watch this season of Lower Decks. Yeah, that's good. It's pretty fun. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. You got anything else? No. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for checking with us, soy boys, girls, and overly beans. Hang dong and shocker.
It's deep and it's low. It's deep and it's low. It's deep and it's low. And it never finds out. It's deep and it's low. It's deep and it's low. It's deep and it's low. And it never finds out. It's deep and it's low. It's deep and it's low. It's deep and it's low. And it never finds out.